This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, this is Abigail, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Abigail, welcome to Tobin tonight. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. How you been doing during COVID? How's COVID been treating you? I've been doing good. You know, at first it was kind of shocking and scary, but I'm doing good. I've spent most of my time writing and recording new music, which is really cool. And it's something I enjoy to do. So, you know, I've been holding in there, holding in there. Absolutely. And like I mentioned before we even started, I really liked Abigail's setup in the background. I was like, that's planned. She planned that. Do, do you play all those instruments? I do play on her. The accordions, not so much, you know, over quarantine. And I kind of picked up a little bit and I can play some jigs here and there. My pop was really into the accordion. He can play it like amazing. So he gave me this like little tape recorder. It's like, here's all the jigs. Like you can learn them if you want. And I was like, yeah, I can totally keep up with that. And here I am just like, one button at a time but i'm getting there i'm getting there well yeah like i mean anyone who can adapt or like pick up an instrument and even give it an attempt to play goes down well in my books because i i remember growing up in just say in high school when people were picking up guitar piano and they may have picked that up at like five or six and continued on or they said you know i'm in junior high i'm gonna pick that up i i had those spurts where i was like i'll learn piano and i'm like no i'm not and then I was like, I'm going to learn guitar. Then it's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not coordinated. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll sing. And then someone's like, hold on. If you can't even do guitar and you can't even do piano, what makes you think you're going to sing? I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> try. Tell me how you kind of got into music. Were you hesitant, I guess, at first to kind of get into it or like tell people that you were a singer? Because I, I, it's weird to me because there are a lot of people that are like really, really good voices. But at the same point, they're like, I didn't want to tell people I could sing. I didn't want to tell people that this was what I was doing. I'm like, but why? Yeah, um, I kind of feel like I was kind of the opposite, you know? I started singing when I was about six years old, and I started in the Kiwanis Music Festivals. I remember being six years old and being up on a stage and singing in front of 500 people. Like, that was, I love to be up on stage. So I kind of knew very early on that this was something that I totally wanted to do. It, it's what made me happy. Everybody always told me, do what makes you happy. And this is, this is what I enjoy doing. This is what I hope to continue to be doing for as long as possible, really. Yeah, people always tell me, do what makes you sad. I'm like, why? Why do you want me to do what makes me sad? They're like, because we don't want you to be happy. I'm like, well, that's weird. That's a weird approach. So like when you were first doing this at six, now, of course, you said you have a passion for it and something that made you happy. But like, who kind of got you into music? Like, did you hear a song on the radio and you're like, that's what I want to do? The Kiwanis Music Festival was really um, classical singing. It was totally different because outside of Kiwanis, I would also do a bunch of coffee houses. And in Hodges Cove, the population is kind of like older crowd. So I always grew up around the older music, especially the old country. And that's really where I'm at. And that's what I wanted to keep doing because, you know, it was the music that I was always being around. It was just 
the atmosphere that I was performing around. So when people used to get up and sing Johnny Cash and Hank Williams and all these amazing singers, um, it, it, that, I think those are the big influences in the style of music I kind of take on today. I'm thankful for that because, you know, not a lot of people today listen to those types of music. So I'm glad that I'm part of that community. Are you like even talking, say like your Dolly Partons or George Strait, or is that still too a little bit too modern? <laughs> no, no, that kind of fits in it. Like, uh, and then you can go like all the way back, like Carter family and stuff. But yeah. That, well, I mean, I was going to make the joke of like 200 people. Now you said it's like a mostly older population, but I'm like, man, it has to be kind of hard if they were like, just say around your age or even just a little bit older. Cause it's like, you basically have to establish yourself in your own community first and then get grown. But imagine if there's like out of 200, there's 150 people in that community that don't like you. You're like, well, I have to move because I'm not, I'm not getting established here when 150 people are like, I went to see Abigail and she sucked. And then they're like, that's more than half of you that think I'm crap. Like where, where else am I going to go from here? Yeah, no, I think, and especially during coffee, and I know we haven't been able to uh, have them since the whole pandemic, but my whole community has just been so supportive. My school is just like backed me up 100%. And I'm so grateful for all of that. I feel like we're all really close knit and stuff. Yeah. I, I love my community. I love where I live really. Now, I guess to kind of go off that, like, you know, when you're doing it in your kind of hometown community, it's always like, I, I feel regardless of it's, if it's challenging or if you have a little bit of a stage fright, like it's still your own community. And it can be like a, a catch 22 because they're there to support you. But it's almost like if you, if you don't do well, it's like, well, there you go. That's what the community knows you for. But if you do well in your own community, that's great because then you get known in your own community. But then do you feel, I guess, a little bit more pressure or less pressure when you come out to just say a St. John's or a bigger area where if you bomb, it, there might be a few people that would remember you, but at the same time, you don't run into them every day. Like, what's your take on that? Yeah, I feel like I was always one to get, not nervous, but if I had the choice to sing in front of a thousand people or 500, I'd choose the a thousand. I don't know if it's because they won't, I don't know if it's the the connection you get from the crowd or what it is, but yeah, I think I definitely choose the the bigger crowd. From my standpoint of just saying, like, say, stand up comedy or comedian point of view, like, I think they would prefer the bigger crowd because all you're seeing is the flashing light. You don't see their you don't see the faces. You don't so like if your joke doesn't go over well, you don't see that. We're at a small like say coffee house or a yuck yucks. It's almost like someone's like I heard this before, and you're just like. Why are you here for the third time then? It's like, my friend dragged me out. It's like, you're ruining my whole set. Like, shut up. But if it goes well, of course, they like it. If it goes bad, they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like yeah, 50 it's people like here. One -on -one. I, I think it was interesting to kind of go off that a little bit of approach in the technology side. Is like when COVID shut everything down, there were artists, musicians, uh, comedians out there that are like, how are we going to maintain our audience? Like, how long is this going to last? And a few of them started doing like Instagram lives. Now, music wise, that works. I don't know comedy wise, because you always want to hear people laugh unless they establish their own laugh track. But it was funny to me because I think it was like a Rascal Flats video. And there have been others. I think Lights was doing a cover or, or doing covers. And I was amazed because you'd see people comment in real time. 
And sometimes they would read it out and be like, oh my God, I didn't know that you seen my concert when you were 14 or, oh my God, that's so great that you beat cancer. And I was like, you don't get that in a whole big venue. So for example, if someone tweeted at lights or Instagram posted and said, oh my God, I love your cover of Smash Mouth. Uh, This made my day. And I listened to your record all the time and I got through cancer through that. You're not going to get that in the concert unless you're on like the fourth row and you're like, lights! You, I had that, and then she's just like, "You're really that's nice, but you're kind of disrupting the whole concert here." It's like, "I'm oh, sorry." <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it is difficult. Like, me and my sister did a couple uh, Facebook lives and Instagram lives, but um, it, it's it was definitely weird getting used to because I mean, you wait for the claps, you wait for the you know yeah. people, yeah, like just calling out in the middle of your song or something, and it was kind of weird because all you see is the comments rolling up, and then. You're trying to put off your set and silence after it, right? So it was kind of getting used to that along with it too. It, it gotta be weird because I always think for the musical side of things, like some musicians like that, where it's like no one's yelling out at you in your middle of a set, and no one's like disrupting you. Or if you're so used to say, if you had a well-known song and someone interrupts your song at the chorus, and you're like, I never get to sing my chorus anymore because the fans just take over. You're like, finally, I get to sing my chorus again. Where I feel like as a comedian, you need that. Like you need that applause or whatever. Cause you could like make a, a great joke and you're so used to people laughing. And then it's just a like boom, a like. You're like, oh wow, that is very depressing. Yeah, well, I mean, I I used to always sing in the bars. I, I've been singing in bars since I was 12 years old. I always used to get that. People would, you know, be talking as I was singing. So I feel like I got used to that pretty quickly. Even though, you know, you want to convey what you're saying and sing your songs. But I just love that. It's just the whole ambiance of it. I, I dig that a lot. I really enjoyed it. So tell me a little bit about now with COVID of, we kind of touched on a little bit, but with COVID, like when it first started to compare to where we are now, like what was your mindset? Because I I was kind of surprised when we were talking to you. So we had Rosemary Lawton on, Rachel Cousins. They were telling us a little bit about like, oh, when it first started, we were in shock. We didn't know what to do. Like, you know, are we going to do Instagram lives? What about if you're not an Instagram live person? What about if it's not up your alley? Like something that you're not very comfortable with. And then they said, like, I think actually two of them have produced albums or, or songs during COVID. Like they had to learn how to do it, but it's something that they learned. Like, tell me your process from basically, I know it happens a lot on Instagram live now when you see like how it started versus where we're at now. So tell me a little bit about your experience with it. Yeah, well, I think it was totally a great learning experience. And I've been in the studio as well, getting, trying to do everything safely and following protocols and stuff, but also trying to keep up with my music, hopefully release some new stuff soon. But the beginning, I mean, I was in school, we were getting ready for everything. And I was like at the peak of my busyness, I guess. I had Drama Fest which I was so stoked for. I had just recently done my referee course for volleyball. So I was going to ref a tournament and I had Kiwanis coming up and I was just so many stuff on the go. So I remember when my principal, well, at first there was kind of rumors going around the school, right? Someone was, someone said, oh, we're not going to Volley Fest. Oh, this got canceled. This got canceled. And then I was kind of like, okay, maybe we should just wait until, you know, we get a confirmed answer. And then my principal was like, yeah, everything's like shutting down, doesn't look good. I I took it very hard. It was not an easy thing because, 
you know, being a busybody, I guess, I, I was constantly doing something. I was always on the go with something. So when I reached that point, everything went from here to here. You yeah. know what I mean? Everything just completely stopped. And I took that very hard. But I think, you know, this was all learning and it kind of not only learned about the music side of it and technology wise, but also learned how important things really are. Like I had my family, I had, we were all healthy. And I think that was so super important. It was definitely challenging. I, I kind of look back at it because there's always like a period. It, it's weird because we're in a very weird period of time where you you know you'll have generations that were like, oh, well, you, well, we're the generation that went to war. It's like, well, we're the generation that's kind of like you go through certain events. And I feel like we have an age group now that's going to be like, yeah, well, we we went through the pandemic. And like not necessarily say my age group, and, and it could be more in yours as well, but I'm looking at ones that are like, say, grade two, grade three right now that they may remember it when they're older. But at the same point, it's like you'll see that I'm not going to say educational gap, but because of all this time that they lost at the school, it's like the curve has changed. So for what we came out of school in grade 12 with, they're going to be a little bit behind. But at the same point, it's like it's not a shot in the face at them because you learn stuff in school. But essentially, when you get out of school, you learn other things through university and college. You learn more like all right, I've got a basic education pretty much, but now here's where I learn what I want to learn and where I want to learn. Yeah, it's like, I, I like social studies and gym, but religion <laughs> and science was not me. So it's like, how does that help me long-term? It's like, well, it gives you a point of view. It's like, that's great. But what about if I want to be a marine biologist? Do I really need gym? It's like, maybe. <laughs> Never know. I actually just enrolled last night in doing a certificate at Berkeley through the summer and Oh, nice. in my uh, last year in uh, high school. So I'm super excited for that. And I know where we have a three-year program really in high school, I have all my sciences done, you know, bio, chem, physics, and my school was fortunate enough to get all the sciences. So now I'm kind of like, okay, well maybe I can, where this last year is probably gonna be one of my easier years, you know, I'm not gonna have so many sciences and heavier courses maybe I can go ahead and do this. So I'm going to start that in the summer and hopefully be finished that by the time I graduate, which is super exciting. Nice. And why did you say you were taking at Berkeley? It's like lyric writing. And I guess, well, with everything going on, is it doing it like virtually, like online? Yeah. So I was actually looking at doing the five-week Aspire summer program to go over to Boston. But during this time, it's super like sketchy you know so i'm like you know what maybe i'll just do this over the summer and through next year and you know do it from my own home but still you know check it out and do what i love to do and i'm super pumped for it like i cannot wait let's talk a little bit about the the music side now with the ecmas now i always say this to everyone that's come on so far it's like we're not bad mountain the ecmas we're not bad mountain music newfoundland just in case someone's like how dare he ask these questions but we get it. It's COVID. There's a lot of things up in the air. There's a lot of kind of, it could be miscommunication. A lot of like, hey, I'm not going to tell my act that until I'm confirmed that this is what actually is happening. Because it seems like that's how things go out of like a spiral. So we give them credit for what they're doing or what they're trying to do. But have you received any like information from say Music NL or the ECMAs of like, hey, are you going to be doing something live from your room? Are you going to be doing like pre-recorded, or are they going to be like, hey your thing is completely shut off. Like we're not even doing anything with you. <laughs> right. So 
one thing I will say is everything was changing super fast, you know, to, okay, we're going over to Sydney. Okay, now we're not going over to Sydney. Now we're going to do this and this. And then everything was just changing. And it was for everybody too, right? And so at first it was just, you know, Newfoundland wasn't going. And then with the increased cases, everything was kind of just all put online, which I'm excited for because that way everything's kind of at your fingertips, right? But yeah, I don't know if I can say this or not, but I recorded my set, my show actually yesterday, which I was very grateful to even get the opportunity to record it because I was so looking forward to go over there for like my first time at the breakout stage at yeah. the CMAs. I was super pumped. And yeah, when it got canceled, I was kind of like, oh, it's okay. I mean, everything's so up in the air with all this COVID stuff. I mean, I had so many gigs booked that the last time I had to cancel them and then get them rescheduled. So everything's just always changing. But uh, yeah, I'm thrilled that I got to do that yesterday. Yeah, like I, I kind of looked at it from like the standpoint of you're kind of intermingling, let's just say you're blue and yellow to make green kind of theory here. But it's like when they canceled the women's worlds, oh, I was like, that's that's not good. I'm like, so wait, how are you going to justify? And I know it's two different extremes here, but I'm like, how are you going to justify them putting on an East Coast Music Award, but yet you weren't able to put on a sporting event? But a lot of the debate on the sporting event was like, hey, like there's the under 18s that are going on in Dallas. There's They were able to do the World Juniors in Edmonton in a bubble. So why all of a sudden so late did you cancel the, like, the wins? And that's a total debate in itself. But I was looking at it from my, kind of like your standpoint of when they kind of postponed or did certain things with the ECMAs of like, we can't have them come in here. Like we just can't because I'm looking at it from the standpoint of they're in a real outbreak right now. Like we had our own and all it takes is an act like yourself to go from Newfoundland and you don't show any symptoms. And then like three days later, it's like Newfoundland gets its like third or fourth outbreak here. It's like uh, a lot of the artists from the ECMAs came back and they bred it and, and they were like, well, great. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you won an award and look what it cost you. Look what it cost you. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of thankful because it is keeping everybody's safety number one priority, right? Yeah, and the thing that I kind of looked at the ECMAs after now, again, I don't know how many big acts they're going to get to be there live or do things, but one of my favorite ones from the East Coast is Neon Dreams. And like, I just like how I like their upbringing. Like, it was so funny to me because back in the day when I was first listening to them, when I went to Toronto for an internship, I was like, oh, this band has to be from Toronto. Like they, they're using the phrase Toronto in one of their songs. So I was like, oh, and then I found out they were from the East Coast. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to support them like to the moon. But I believe right now they're like on a tour in another different country. So I'm like, how... Even if they won the award, you know they're going to do it virtually of being like, we're so grateful. I'm like, okay, so that's one down. That's one big act that you're not going to get. You know, I don't know where classified is at. He might be there. He might not be. But like the more or less bigger names that are there or they're doing it virtually, it's almost like, well, if they're doing it virtually, why don't we just get even like the, the starter ups to do it virtually or like people that are opening acts, like get them to do it like what's the sense of them being here? But then you're basically saying, well, actually classified is Donny's time. So he doesn't have to be here. I'm like, yeah, but these people don't need to be here either to get sick. This is not one of those things where it's like the travel is too expensive. This is like, well, if they come and get sick, that's on you. It's like, it's kind of on them, but it's on you as well because you kind of let it all happen. Well, I, we were thankful enough to like get, uh, you know, we had everything booked, right? You had your ferry, your 
hotel and which we were happy enough for the help of Music L that it was going to be pretty manageable, but we were lucky enough to, uh, to get everything, which it was good for the safety. And I mean, I was ready to, uh, I'm really excited for this because I'm getting to show off a lot of new music, which I'm super pumped. It's songs that I, I'm really proud of and that I've worked with some very talented musicians, Cody Stacy and Nick Earl and Dan George and my sister uh, Jordan Petal singing uh, harmonies. And it was just super fun and just such a great time. And I'm super, like, I'm so ecstatic to share this with everybody. It's good. To, it's timely. It's always timely to put out new, new music, especially in like a pandemic. So pe- I feel like people are at home going like, man, I could watch Friends or The Office for like the 15th time in a row. Me. Or I could listen to like <laughs> these old 90s hits. I'm telling people exactly what I'm doing with my life right now. But yeah, when people put out new music, it's kind of like odd to me in some cases because it's like you're kind of like, how did you do this during a pandemic? And it's like, I'm I'm glad you did, but I'm still assuming that it's like, I'm going to go back and listen to the old stuff. I'm catching up on stuff from during pandemic. But when someone's like, hey, this person has a new album out or a new song, I'm like, uh, did they have that on the back burner for like two or three years? Or are you telling me they did that like recently? It's like, they did that recently. I'm like, oh, Great for them. Now it makes me look like I did nothing during COVID. <laughs> no, everything was done super safely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really like really excited that and thankful that I was able to do this so safely. And it was at a time where I had help from a lot of great people and being in the studio, it was a great environment and grateful that I got to do this during a time that may not be so accessible. Do you find it easier or harder to kind of like write music during COVID because some people like, like some people are very introverted and they're like, Oh, I will send 20 emails. Here's my piece. Here's your piece. Let's put together. Great. Like I don't have to look at you. Don't have to see you. I'm like, well, that's, that's a weird way to put it, but I get what they're getting at. It's like, I don't have to go through that whole like, Hey, how was your day? Oh, your day's great. Okay. Well, I'm not interested in that, but I'm just here to do music. But then there are other people that like, they like that kind of engaging yeah, you'll get to meet and mix things up. But the same point is on the sidetrack where I'll just say that's loading or like you have ideas and you're like, what about if I did a, a chords like this and you sang that way where you can't do that through a file sending where it's like, I just sent you like 30 different things that I just um, written and produced and I want you to voice which one your favorite is. And you're like, I don't have time. Like I don't like, what do you prefer or, or, or is there a preference? Well, to be honest, it kind of started out that way. I, uh, when everything shut down, I definitely took that time for writing. It definitely pushed me in a song writing perspective, but I definitely did my time recording on voice memos, sending them to uh, people for, you know, co-writing and yeah, it was tricky at first, but you kind of get used to it. So I remember like walking through the Avalon mall and then my phone goes off and Zach Warner, who's my manager, we were, uh, co-writing the song and he's like calling me. It's like, yeah, so I like this idea and how do you like it? And I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great. What if we did this and change it that way? Right. So everything, I think it's way more accessible, you know, so you can do it anytime, anywhere. And at that time we were actually rewriting my latest single round the bay for the Hamilton road race. So that was actually called the around the bay road race. So I was lucky enough to rewrite my single and for them to use it 
I was super proud about that. How do they find these music or this tune? Like I'm, I'm assuming in Hamilton, there's they have to have like their own artists where they go up to and be like a local artist, like we will give you fifty dollars to write an anthem for like this race that we're doing. So like, how does it come across? Like, hey, there's this person in Newfoundland named Abigail that has a song. Maybe that would be good. Like, how does it get to there? Yeah, well, it happened a few months ago, and Zach had previously ran this race, so I think okay. that's kind of where the connection started. And then Anna Lewis, who is amazing, reached out to me from there and was like, hey, so I heard you kind of have this song. I would love it if we could use it. And then we were like, we can do something even better. Let's just rewrite the whole thing and use it. So this version is specifically for the race and, and nice. makes it even more special, right? When you're not doing music, when you're not in, like heavily entrenched with like learn new instruments or people down your throat being like, nice accent. Um, what, what other things are you doing? Like, do you watch a lot of, especially in COVID, are you watching like a lot of Netflix movies? Are you beating up your sister? Like <laughs> me and my sister are pretty good. Yeah. We're not, she's going to, she's going to walk in that frame right now and be like, she's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she'll come running down the stairs. But, uh, we're, we're still in school. We're still in like classrooms. We're lucky enough not to be online. So it's kind of been different that way because we have to wear our masks all day. And it's taken some getting used to, but we're kind of getting there. But I, yeah, watching movies, totally. I'm a big like movie fanatic. So I've been watching all the classics and uh, yeah, anytime and TikTok, especially. You download it as a joke and your friends are like, yeah, this app's kind of cool. And then you download it and it's like, yeah, this app is really cool. <laughs> I haven't downloaded TikTok. Like I've had people like, because I, I don't know, like there's, there's always like this age bracket to me. That's like, you know, if you bring up MSN to a certain crowd, they're like, what the hell is MSN? And then there's this crowd now that's like, you're on Facebook. You're a loser. I'm like, don't, don't you judge me on Facebook. Like you might delete Facebook itself, but I know you still have the messenger. Like, don't talk to me about that. But I, I go on Instagram just because I felt like I need to kind of promote the podcast a little bit more to a different audience. But like, that was my way of like, I'm reaching out to a younger demographic this way, even though it's like, you're not like my target target audience, but sure. And then when TikTok came and I've had conversations about this with people, maybe I'm in the wrong algorithm, but I'm getting videos of like people just making fun of other TikToks. And I'm like, I'm not interested in that. Or I'll get like dance videos and I, or I'll get like Bella Porsche videos. I'm like, why am I getting Bella Porsche videos? Like, why do I care about it's like some girl that just does like things with her eyes. And I'm like, I don't care. And people yeah. are like, you don't get politics or sports. So I'm like, sometimes, but I'm like, I feel like this is not an app for me. And people were like, but yeah, but like, if you put your content out there, there's a lot more people. I'm like, and I'm still debating it. I'm still on the fence of like, should I put stuff on TikTok? And I feel like I will one day, but in my mind, I'm like, man, I, I feel like I'm just going to get comments from like, you know, 16 or 15 year old people that are like, uh, this was uninteresting to me. It wasn't 30 seconds or less. And um, you didn't dance. You didn't sing. I'm like, well, why are you here? How did you get here? I'm mine. And then when I go to like my Facebook or Instagram, there are people that will be like, this is a good interview. Or I love Bob Saget. Or I like this. And I'm like, oh, good for you. But on TikTok, it's like, you didn't dance. You didn't play the song I liked. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry that, you know, I'm trying to do something for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what... Uh... On my TikTok, it's a lot of singers and a lot of uh, music-related content. I find that's a really good place to promote my music that way as well. So it's just, and I find social media so hard to uh, keep up with. 
right? Yeah. And that's one thing that I wish I would um, keep up with more because I feel like you can never post too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm really uh, using that platform, trying to use it more now yeah. where it's. It's funny when you said you can never post too much. Like, I feel like I'm the opposite, not in like a mean way. It's just like, I feel like there's, there should be a lot more that I could post. There's like a lot of ideas that I have that I'm like, oh, this would be a great sketch. This would be this. But like the amount of time that I'm like, well, I got to try to keep up with editing podcasting. I'm trying to do this. And I'm like, it just sucks because if someone just had to say, Brian, we're going to like film you today or something, I'd be like, okay, cool. Let's do it. And like, but to me, I have to do the editing. I have to produce it. I have to do it. So it's a lot of stuff that I have to do. And it's like a lot of time consuming where I'm like, I do want to still have a life. Like I still want to be able to enjoy just downtime. So I feel like, you know, risk reward, but I also look back at it and say, for kids that grew up, say, in the 80s and 90s, there might not be a lot of stuff back there on, like, the interweb that is embarrassing to you. Where, like, I feel like 20 years down the road for the TikTok generation, there there could be, like, the next news anchor CBC right now on, like, on TikTok doing a dance video where it's, like, singing, like, T-Pain or Lady Gaga. And then you're, like, now you are reading the news to me and... 12 years ago, you were singing Lady Gaga TikTok. So I don't know how I feel about that. And it's like, well, you got to remember the age. I'm like, oh, I'm taking I'm taking full account of the age. But you got to remember that we are in a world ruthless with people that are like, no, you said that at 16. You are still that same person at 16. It's like, no, she's not. But okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one thing that's really important about social media. And I don't think we can stress enough is to take account as do you want yourself yeah. to see this 20 years down the road? You know what I yeah. mean? You always have to be very cautious of what you are posting if you want yeah. to post it. It's it's funny because there are people out there that like don't give a shit what they post. And at the same point, you're like, okay, cool. Because they're either made or they're like, they know that, okay, like I have supporters for this or whatever. But to me, I look at it and I'm sure there's going to be times when I look back at something that I tweeted out on like Tobin tonight or my personal one. And in the moment you were pissed off or in the moment you're like, I don't get this. And you could have a different perspective years later. And you could even say that in your tweet, like, Hey, this is a tweet I found five years ago. It's like, I can't believe I thought that way. But and people are like, yeah, no, you still think that way. You're just trying to clean up your image. It's like, um, no, people grow. I don't think a five-year-old and a 10-year-old and then a 25-year-old, like even that same person have the same opinion on say Dora the Explorer. It's like, as a five-year-old, you're like, I love Dora. As a 25-year-old, like, okay, Dora, like, seriously, how do you how do you let this fox always show up? And you're looking at me instead of looking behind you, and we're telling you he's coming, and you're just still like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. At the end of the episode, somehow I'll catch him. Like, no, <laughs> it, it, it's a weird a weird dissection I just went down because it's like I look at like old old kid shows. I get that you have to talk to the screen because you want the kid to be included. But as a as, when you get older, you just think you're super cooler than everybody. So it's like I'll watch say like Blues Clues with my my niece and nephew, and I love Blues Clues. But like someone be like, how how are you so engaged in this? Because like I grew up on it. I grew up on like Crazy Quills. I love it. And then there's like new shows out there that do the exact same thing. I'm like like shut up, Dora. Shut up. Like I know it's like you you don't control me. You don't talk to me like that. And it's like. Blues did. I'm like, yeah, because I was five and I thought the dog was awesome. And I didn't even know that Blue was a girl. Like, I thought it was always a boy. <laughs> what? They're, they're, see, see, your face says it all. Yeah, apparently Blues is, or Blue is a girl and Magenta is a boy. 
That's what I've been told. Now, I haven't done full research. I get it from the standpoint of when you're younger and you try to like gender blue as boys color, pink as girls. So they're trying to get you to do the reverse of like, hey, uh, you can have like a, a boy dog that's pink and a girl dog that's blue. I'm like, well, not really, but okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at that. <laughs> yeah. I guess to close off the interview, because I'm kind of going off on a known tangent there. But again, it's great content for people that are like, oh, they didn't just talk about music. They talked a lot about a whole lot of things. Everything. Um, what are some goals that you're looking forward to in like th- this year? Like some things that you have set aside or wanted to accomplish. Now, that could be as simple as like, hey, I just want to like make sure like I have music out. Or it could be as simple as I want to just finish this Netflix show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. Um... The biggest thing is getting to meet people in person again and getting that interaction. I um, I have some pretty cool big things in the works that I can't really talk about. I'm really looking forward to that and I think everybody will be excited about it. But yeah, just getting out, meeting new people where I didn't get the chance to really do that over this past year. And even share, like sharing more music. If one new person hears my song or listens to my album, then I'll feel accomplished. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost like if one new person downloads a podcast or something, it's like, cool. It's like, and like they never come back to like, this was crap. I'm like, well, at least I had them for like the 10 seconds of the 10 minutes that they thought it was cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everything takes time to grow. So I feel like, you know, putting out, like as long as you're continuously putting out content, you're going to eventually get the right people or you'll get like the fans that know you and then you know it grows i always find it interesting because i know so for us it's like the ecmas again spending a lot of time in ontario they have a boots and hearts fest and it's so amazing to me to kind of compare them both because i look at the boots and hearts stage say from 2017 18 and the ones that are just on the stage of a rising star and in the next few years, they're there as a headline or they can be there winning an award. And I feel like that's kind of like ECMAs in a way. Like people forget that Jimmy and Heather Rankin did not just become Jimmy and Heather Rankin. Like they started somewhere. Classified was probably on a rising stage somewhere that you didn't even know or you've seen him and you're like, oh, I don't know who this guy is. And then years later, it's like, you checked out Classified? It's like, yeah, I seen him on the stage when like way back in like 2015. And you're like, cool. Now it could be obviously it's probably earlier than that but that's the idea if someone's watching the virtual one with you guys like abigail say rachel rosemary whatever and there could be people that sit there and go like okay great but like no not really into it and then like three years later like did you hear about abigail it's like you know that we were actually at that show and you walked out at her set it's like no i didn't i didn't walk out on her set i i love her it's like whatever i'm sure she's happy you're just a fan (laughs) (laughs) i think like you said everything takes time and I know I've I've been around some time, but I know other people have put in a lot of time, yeah. and a lot of effort, and I'm just glad to, you know, be a part of this. And, you know, I'm putting in the time and effort and I'm ready for this journey and I'm ready. I'm ready to take time for it to be to be the best that I can. And speaking of being the best that you can, what would be the best advice that you can give to any young artist maybe out there listening to this episode and saying, I don't want to listen to Keith Urban give me advice. He's Keith Urban. I don't want to listen to like Heather Rankin or Shania Twain give me advice because they made it. But they're like something relatable to say to someone your age that's like, well, she's doing it. Why can't I? 
I think the biggest thing is to be yourself. And I know it's very cliche, but it's really such good advice. And actually another piece of advice I would give is to work at it. You're never going to get better if you don't keep pursuing it and keep working at it. I had the opportunity to uh, meet Tim Hicks and yeah. he gave me the advice of how music and your career as a whole is like a muscle and you have to keep working this muscle in order to get better. So I think that's just some words of advice that I've always taken. And that's something that I would share to any upcoming artist. See, that's, see, there's a difference between you and me. Like I would shoot for the, I would shoot for the hill with like Tim Hicks and like it would either go over really well or really badly. And I wouldn't care either way where I'd be like, Hey, Tim Hicks, you got any hickory sticks? And he'd be like, do you know how many times people have said that to me? I'd be like, no, yes or no. And they'd be like, don't ever talk to me again. I'm like, I shot my shot. I missed, but I'm okay with it because I can, I can now go later on in life and go like, have you ever asked Tim Hicks if he had hickory sticks? And I'd be like, actually, yes, I have. They're like, no, you didn't. I'd be like, I did. And that's why I don't talk to him anymore. <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Abigail for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.